Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. I'm so excited to have here with us today, um, Joelle Samples. And Joelle owns Yin Root um, in Noblesville, Indiana. It's a holistic health and bodywork practice that specializes in female reproductive health and fertility care from puberty until perimenopause. Joelle helps to educate and empower young girls and women to embrace the beauty of their menstrual cycles. Whether you're experiencing abnormal or painful periods, pain with intercourse, fertility challenges, or you simply are looking for support as your young daughter enters puberty. Joelle is here to support and guide you on your health and wellness journey. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Joelle. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I always love sharing my story and talking on this topic. So, hi. Joelle and I have known each other for a couple of years. We've never, it's one of those Facebook uh, friendship things. We've never actually (laughs) met in person, but you do have a really incredible story. So, um, I just look forward to you sharing with us today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my husband and I got married in May of 2012, and we had decided like right off the bat we were going to start trying to conceive and uh, wanted to have kids. My husband's about 10 years older than I am, less okay. nine and a half. So. Um, we knew that we wanted to get started right away and then it had been like six months and we hadn't conceived and so we were like okay we're gonna try more intentionally and so i started reading all of the things uh taking charge of your fertility just a lot of like women's health books one um I read a lot by Dr. Christiane Northrup, who is a wonderful uh, resource for women's health and wellness. And I just started learning more about my body. And at that same time, I was actually, I have like history of just like being interested in more holistic health because at 16 I was diagnosed with epilepsy and was never like I was on medication off medication like weight up weight down hungry not hungry like all the different things with all the different like anti-seizure meds when Mm -hmm. I was in high school and when I left high school and I wasn't living with my parents anymore and they couldn't like make sure I was taking my medicine every day I got a little bit worse about doing it but I became more in tune with my body and I learned through that like my seizures come when I'm really stressed out and really sleep deprived and then when you throw alcohol into the mix and anything else then obviously perfect storm happens sure So I was really interested in holistic health because I 
my epilepsy journey and like really learning about my body and kind of what was triggering those. Sure. And so then fertility happened or trying to conceive. And when I realized that we weren't, like I started down the path of more like holistic healing again. And so at that point, at some point, I decided I was going to go back to school and become a holistic health coach. I had met an integrative doctor here um, in Indianapolis who I was seeing, and I just really loved the care that I received from him. And I thought, like, I've got to be able to do this. Like, how can I do this without having to go back and go to medical school? And so I ended up finding the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, went and got my um, holistic health coach certification through them. And really at that point, even though I was going through infertility then, really haven't like connected the dots. And so I didn't know what I was going to necessarily do with that and learned all about like reproductive wellness, fertility, visceral manipulation, and when I was there, it was like, okay, this is, this is what I've got to be doing. Like, this is why I'm going through fertility challenges is to help these other women through these fertility challenges. And so I came back and just like totally blitzed my practice and started taking out a bunch of free clients just to like continue using the knowledge that I had gained at the training. And that was in October of 2014. And still, we were still on our own personal fertility journey. Um, I, and then 2015, I ended up leaving my full-time job to, like, focus solely on my practice. Nice. And, and solely on our own, like, fertility journey. And we ended up conceiving um, at the end of December 2015. And so it's, it's through that work that I really became uber passionate about working with young girls, young women who are really just like in this puberty, pre-puberty stage. Because so many of the women that were coming into me for fertility were coming in and saying like, oh, I had terrible periods when I was a young girl. Like I started my period and like I was missing school all the time, throwing up, I had so much pain, like my acne was out of control, all this stuff. So I'd thrown on birth control or, you know, most of them were, I was thrown on birth control. And, and so then, you know, they were young, they were 15, their parent didn't necessarily know any better, right? Like birth, you go to the doctor and the doctor says birth control to regulate your cycles. So you go on birth control. And then here we are 15, 20 years later trying to conceive and the birth control has caused so many issues. So mm -hmm. I'm not like, I'm not anti birth control, but I also do feel like it needs to be used appropriately and I do feel like it is often not used appropriately um so so yeah like I just all so my my girls with fertility like that were coming in to see me just so much going on and I, I really attribute that back to their childhood and going through puberty and them not knowing truly what was happening with their body sex education sure schools is just not quite where it needs to be. Right. Um, not teaching our young girls or young boys for that matter, 
enough information about truly what is happening with their body so that they can make the appropriate choices as young adults. It seems to be geared more, from what I remember, it seems to be geared more towards safe sex and, you know, not getting pregnant, not getting an STD than it is about this is the changes that's going on in your body and this is what may happen. This and but the thing is the people who are teaching us don't know. The people who taught them don't know. So it's just kind of, you know, a vicious circle. And that's, you know, exactly why I wanted to use this platform to really talk about those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to go through um, a program through an organization called FEM, which stands for Fertility Education and Medical Management. And it is a natural family planning um, organization. So all about teaching young girls, whether trying to avoid, not young girls, but women, whether they're trying to avoid or achieve pregnancy all about their hormones, kind of their ovulatory window, when it's safe to have intercourse, when it's not safe to have intercourse based on what their goal is. Um, And so helping them to chart their cycles and recognize, you know, those natural biomarkers that our body is giving us saying like, oh, this is a great time for fertility or, or like, oh no, like X, Y, and Z is happening. You know, like, this might not be the best time or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it, obviously it depends on their goals. So, so along, so FEM also has a program called teen FEM. And so I decided to enroll in that as well, because I really, really wanted to work with these young girls. Right. So I um, am finishing up my certification program with them. And then I will be serving young girls probably two different age groups. I haven't really figured out exactly how I'm going to be doing that yet, but groups like a pre-puberty and then puberty and and maybe even like an older teen, young adult um, age group, which we will talk all about hormones, Mm -hmm. you know, what's happening with their body, what to expect, things that we might want to be on the lookout for. Um, which that, those conversations are also going to be really important to have with mom or dad or aunt or cousin, whoever is that primary caregiver uh, for that child. Sure. Because what I often find too, is that moms or dads or grandpas, like they, they don't know this information either. Right. And so we really have to start by educating them so that we can help them when they take their child to the doctor and say like, Hey, they're dealing with terrible acne and painful periods. What can we do instead of birth control? Right. Um, So, so yeah, so I'm really excited about it because there's a lot that we can do to help our, our young, our young girls to be, to be better educated on their bodies. Well, it's an incredibly powerful thing, you know, to actually know, you know, about your body, to understand um, the different cycles, the different, you know, discharges and what they mean. And that requires, you know, you to be connected and in touch and, you know, kind of like in love with your body. Absolutely. And that is incredibly powerful at such a young age. Because, I mean, I know girls who are getting their periods as young as eight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eight, hey, my daughter is 12. She'll be 13 the end of September. And 
she still hasn't gotten her period, which I'm incredibly grateful for. <laughs> um, just because it's just like, oh gosh, we have to, it, is, it, it can be a lot sometimes. And mine were great. Mine were great. Mine were fine. But that doesn't, my sisters were horrendous. So I, you know, I mean, I just, I need to learn this for myself so I can better prepare her. And I think just the stigma, you know, as soon as kids get to be in their teen years, anytime a girl is cranky, oh, she must be on the rag and they're derogatory. So it's like a shameful, embarrassing thing that absolutely should not be. And that is such a big piece of the puzzle too, really helping these young girls to appreciate their, their menstrual cycle. Yes. What a beautiful, like God given gift without that. Mm -hmm like we aren't able to reproduce and have children. And like, it's such a beautiful thing. And you're right. Like we do have this crazy stigma around it. Like it's bad and we don't want it. And we try to go on these birth control, you know, different birth controls that we don't have them for years. And it's just, it's really, really unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need to allow our bodies to do the most natural. Right have the most natural response um that it was meant to have that is going right. to provide optimal health and mm-hmm. right and optimal health and wellness is what i'm always working on with my girls with fertility right because the sure it's gonna follow suit if we can optimize health and wellness sure right and i think too you know i've i've gotten the question about birth control a lot you know from various ages and i always preface it with saying you have to make an educated decision and whatever is right for you is right for you. Absolutely. And I would not believe that. Yes. But then I say, you have to also be aware that you are altering your natural cycle. And when you alter your natural cycle, your body is not going to work as well as it could and should. It just can't because it's not your natural cycle. Um, And a lot of women, um, You know, I, I, there's a woman in my family and her parents had gotten um, pregnant very young. So she, she was put on birth control actually even before she got a period because she was, she didn't get a, she was very, very late with her period. Like she was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, And so before she even had a cycle, she was altered and she was on it for 15 years. And then, you know, when her baby had some issues when he was first born. Um, she was able to get pregnant right away, but then there were some other female issues she had. And I just thought to myself, you know, everything turned out okay, but would she have had to go through that, you know, yes. if if she didn't have her cycle altered for 15 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of education that we can provide, like on sure. hormones, on sex, right? Like, yeah how to safely have sex if that is something that you are going to be doing as a young woman, you know what I mean? Like without conceiving, if that is going to be your goal. So sex, nutrition is so huge for these young kids, right? Like they're like mocha frappuccino every day, Mm -hmm. Starbucks, fast food, you know, fast food, you know, just like, just not eating well, mm-hmm. like really nourishing their body and then having, you know, this cystic acne and having these horrible periods. And when we do that, when we're not eating well and nourishing our body, 
those are those signs and symptoms and you know pms those things are going to happen because our body's freaking out because it's not well nourished and so um so food obviously exercise movement like these are all things that we can discuss with these young girls in order Mm -hmm. to help them understand better what's happening with their body how they can better take care of their body Um, and then also like i said a few minutes ago like things to look out for you know sure like when are you experiencing pms are you seeing like signs of ovulation um and cervical mucus production because that's healthy right like knowing that that's healthy knowing Mm -hmm. that when you first get your period, it may be up and down for a while until your body regulates. Like mm-hmm. it's normal to not have regular cycles when you're going through puberty at first. Sometimes it's sure. easier for a girl to kind of gain that mm-hmm. and like things to level out. So knowing those things going in is going to empower her, empower her caregiver. And allow her to just like make better decisions for herself, which I think is really important. And and if she's then 20 and decides, hey, I'm sexually active and I don't want to get pregnant and I I really need to go on birth control because of this, like, okay. But just to be thrown on birth control at the age of 13, 15, because you're in pain and you're not doing anything else, I feel like is really not a smart way to use birth control. Right. No, I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I remember um, my daughter's pediatrician gave her the American Girl book. Okay, yes. And um, for those of you that don't know, it's, it's it's a book all about puberty. And I can't get this kid to read anything. She hates reading. And she sat down and read that whole book in probably about four hours. And she came out and she said, well, I understand everything I think, but <laughs> she goes, I just, I just want to know about this vaginal discharge thing. Yeah. She's like, how, like, where, where does it come from? How is it made? What is, what's it made of? Like, when does it happen? Why does it happen? She had like such really great questions. And we had the entire conversation in front of her two brothers, one older, one younger, And, um, it was, it's, it's kind of fun. I'm a very open mom about stuff. Um, when I, when I used pads, now I use the diva cup, but when I used pads, um, my kids would call them mommy diapers (laughs) (laughs) because they were so used to the baby diapers in the house. Yeah. I, um, Oh, I had a thought just a minute ago, and of course I lost it. Um, Oh, I was going to say also, you know, I've had some conversations with different uh, providers or practitioners also about the young boy side of things, and I'm a boy mom, I have a little guy, so that is also something that I want to also explore as well because I'm not as familiar with that, but I have a boy and I want to make sure that he is well educated. Sure. Um, knows his body so that he can make proper decisions and proper. He meets a young lady one day, like understanding that. And so, 
on the flip side of girls, I also do feel like it is really important for us to educate our young boys on the same on the same thing. And there's some really great resources for that. Um, there's a really great website called Anatomy for Kids, which I love. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of different books. I'll send you some links to them and maybe you can add them in the podcast like episode or something. Sure, sure, yeah. Access to those because I've started buying some of those for my son and he's just going to be four in October but we're already starting to just have conversations about like mm-hmm. how he was born like how he grew you know all of those different different types of things so I think yeah. I think those conversations really early on and like you said being open and allowing them to feel comfortable coming to you with questions mm-hmm. how does this happen right is is key to yeah. um, success with our, our young adults. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, you know, my sex talk was basically don't have sex till you're married. Yeah. And I was yeah. given no tools to like fulfill that goal. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I asked my, talk, so yeah. I, talk, so. I asked my brother, I my parents, but they, yes. <laughs> yeah. I asked my brother, I said, so what did dad like say to you? Or did, did mom or dad talk to you? Was it both? Was it just one? And I mean, it was basically like, you better not effing, you know, knock up anybody, you know, or, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was essentially it. And so now, you know, I have a son who's 14 and another son who just turned 10. And I've talked with their father about things and he is completely incapable of talking to them. He freezes and he also doesn't think it's necessary because nobody talked to him and he turned out just fine. So I have to talk to the boys. So um, it's, it is interesting. I do feel it incredibly important for boys and girls to hear both sides, whether it's parents, you know, foster parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever that is. Um, because if we understood more about ourselves and if we understood more about, you know, the female cycle and the male cycle, I think we would have easier relationships. For sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know of like these shifts, like boys and men cycle on a daily basis. Right. right testosterone is highest in the morning. That's why you often see that young boys, even as young as I, my son's not well, like n- newborn, yeah. having an erection, right? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, morning wood that, that men yep. have because their testosterone is highest in the morning and then it dips as the day goes down. Right. A woman is circling, cycling on like a 28, 26, 30 day basis, it obviously varies. And so her hormones are up and down. And so understanding that as in the way of moods and needs that a woman has, um, as opposed to a man, it's just very, very different. Right. And we do have very different nutritional needs than men, but also depending on where we are at during our cycle. And, um, on a previous episode, I had, um, Alison Zarn and she calls herself the nutrition doula and she deals with nutrition for pregnant breastfeeding and post birth moms. And it's just fascinating. You know, it's, 
very simple, easy fixes to horrible problems like hyperemesis mm -hmm. or, you know, the really bad morning sickness. I didn't get morning sickness. I got 4.30 in the middle of Oprah sickness. Like I <laughs> puked my face off every day at 4.30. And I mean, it was obviously the hormones and stuff, but we do require different nutrition at, during different times of our cycle, which um, there was a great book. I'm sure the, the, um, the woman code. Oh, it's such a great book. Yeah. I just, I honestly just started reading it. I'm about one chapter in, but I'm like, why are people being told about this? It's literally eating different foods and you can help improve so many symptoms, symptoms that can make life just awful for, you know, a whole week of your every month, you know? Right. And, and yeah, like we need these young girls to like PMS is like, just like everybody gets it. It's normal. Everyone gets it. It's so, nice. you know, like it's just like so normalized, but the truth yeah. is, is that we really shouldn't be experiencing that every single cycle for an entire week before we have our period. Like that is a huge indication that there are issues, underlying hormonal issues. We should be a little, I mean, normal to have some fluctuations in our mood, but like also not normal to go from one extreme to the next, sure. you know, which uh, I would say most women probably understand and have experienced in sure. their, um, you know, if they've been through puberty, so. Right, right. Yeah. I was going to say something too, and now I just forgot. <laughs> I did have um, a memory though of, um, I think it was last year, there was a mom from the school and we were just talking and um, she, her daughter had just gone in the school and there was obviously some tension in between them and um, sixth grade. and she looked at me and she said, oh, she's been such a moody bee ever since she's got her period. And she called her daughter that. And it literally like cut me right to the core because I thought that is horrible to say. And, and I said to her in response, um, how would you like it if your husband said that about you mm -hmm. when you have your period? You know, like they're just starting. This is brand new to them. They know nothing. We have to be the ones like, don't say those things to them because don't we get enough shame from like the entire effing world? Like, yeah. you know, and the other thing too that I never learned um, because, you know, checking yourself out, feeling yourself, you know, like this whole weirdness around sex, but we have to know our norms. We should be touching we should be looking, you know, with the mirror, we, because we have to know our norms so that we know when something's off and we can catch things much earlier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I 100% I agree with that. Like being aware of your body and understanding like your physical anatomy is, is a big piece of the puzzle. You know? Yeah. Um, back to the shame thing that you were talking about one of one of the big things that i often tell my clients with fertility is is like reframing their mindset around their period so instead of i got my period i'm not pregnant 
like another month is passed. I'm not pregnant. Instead of thinking that way, really thinking like, this is normal. This is what my body should be doing. I'm not pregnant, but my body is detoxing and preparing for the next month. And this is my body's doing the right thing. Right. right? Really shifting that mindset and looking at the menstrual cycle as like a beautiful thing that our body does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really crucial. So when I think about puberty and educating young girls and their mom or their aunt, whoever, whomever their caregiver is, I really think like that, that mindset shift, right? Like looking at it from a different perspective, nutrition mm -hmm. and understanding, truly understanding and knowing their body so that they can make better decisions right. for themselves. And so I'm excited to teach that. I'll be really excited to teach that in a workshop format um, that will probably be coming in uh, hopefully by the end of this year, but maybe 2020, obviously with all this coronavirus stuff happening, it's kind of shifted things a little bit. So hopefully by the end of this year, if not early next year, and that will be something that I will likely offer online or distance as well as in person. And then from there, if individual girls feel like they need more support they could do one-on-one -on -one coaching kind of more in-depth coaching with me um after that so yeah yeah that is exciting and you know it's just such a it's so wonderful to kind of be um you know transitioned and eased into womanhood in a much more um open and loving way than you know having to do it behind closed doors and you know don't just whisper and don't talk about it um yeah so i'm i'm excited about that too yeah do you just want to share with everyone um how they can get a hold of you and then if you have any kind of an offer yeah so um i don't necessarily have any offers right now because i'm still waiting to put my uh program specific sure. together and what i will be doing but to stay in touch with me about potential future offers they could go to my website at yinroot.com y-i-n-r-o-o-t.com and enter their email address there and then if there were any special offers or promotions they would be the first to know about that mm -hmm. um so they could go there and then of course following me on social media facebook instagram um yinroot y-i-n-r-o-o-t um I'm on there and connect with me, connect with me that way. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it has been really great. Thanks for letting me share my story and just share my passion for working with these young girls. And as things kind of transpire and, you know, come to fruition, as I, I put the program together, Maybe we can get in touch and do another podcast or some sort of like educational, like in-depth talk about hormones or, you know, that would be great. Yeah, I think that would be wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. 
please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.